0: Steve Thorngate is a writer and editor in Chicago. He's married, and a few years ago, as he was writing, he had a one-year-old daughter. And at that time, Steve and his family moved across Chicago to the northwest side of Chicago, which was farther from the lake, but it was just steps from where the Chicago River North Branch joined the North Shore Channel, which, as he described it, was a hundred-year-old drainage canal built to flush the flimsy North Branch downstream. And it is a tributary that has always flowed downtown, and it is and was, remains, absolutely disgusting. Those are Steve Thorngate's words. I know we have some Chicago natives here, and I don't want to offend you. And they've been building projects of tunnels and reservoirs and things to try to move the wastewater out of this particular North Branch tributary. But as he moved into his new home with his spouse and child, and they went for a walk, they got to the riverbank, thinking, hmm, maybe this is where our church can baptize our one-year-old. And they get to the river, and they see a sign That says, caution, this waterway is not suited for wading, swimming, jet skiing, water skiing, water tubing, or any human body contact. He said, blessing did not get its own bullet point on the sign, but the implications for baptism seemed pretty clear that we probably shouldn't baptize anyone in a body of water that could make them dangerously ill. And I wonder, as we look at this example from Chicago, whether we, here in University City, could baptize anyone in our nearest body of water. We're part of the De Pere watershed, and if you go close to the De Pere River, you can see signs that basically say the exact same thing, except they add no drinking. And when we're baptized, we're baptized locally. We're baptized into a specific community. Jesus was baptized into the Jordan River, But one of the things about water is we're also baptized into a much wider and broader stream. That the water we have here in St. Louis is connected to the water in Chicago, is connected to the water in New York, is connected to the Atlantic Ocean, is connected to the waters in Israel and Palestine. The waters connect us worldwide. And in the 5th century, a man named Maximus, which I told Adam last night is a really awful name to give your child, Maximus. Uh, but Maximus preached, Christ is baptized not to be made holy by the water, but to make the water holy. For when the Savior is washed, all water for our baptism is made clean purified at its source. And then Martin Luther, during the Reformation, picked up on this imagery and said, Christ, by the touch of his most innocent flesh, has hallowed all waters, yes, even all creation, through baptism. We're swept up into the waters of God's grace and love. And the water that we experience here, the localized water, connects us with people and animals in living things the world over. Now, I think this changes the way that we approach our water sources. If we can't baptize in our nearest body of water, then we have work to do as the church, as the people of God. For God declares all of creation to be holy. And Christ, in Christ's baptism, which wasn't needed because Christ needed to be forgiven of his sins, but because Christ was showing us the holiness of the water and the holiness through which God works in all of our lives, Christ is pointing us in a new direction. And so today, we're going to have not only a remembrance of our baptism, but also communion. And also, we are celebrating our own physical bodies as we begin the walk to Jerusalem. And one of the things uh, I need to point out is that those conversion activities, they work. So even if you cannot walk for some reason... You can do chair yoga, or you can do different activities and find out what the step equivalent would be. The point is to move our bodies in any way that God has made our bodies to do so. But we're not, we're not celebrating these things just because it's the new year and too many of us have made dieting resolutions. Discipleship is not diet culture. There's no shaming. There's no food shaming or body shaming. There's no comments at potluck like, hmm, I guess I shouldn't be eating this cookie right now because it's not about the shoulds or shouldn'ts. It's about celebrating what God has given us. And that's because these sacraments of water and food, these sacraments of baptism and communion, are epiphanies or revelations of ways in which God is already at work. Catholic theologian Carl Rahner writes, the sacraments are focused expressions of, of the sacramental nature of the cosmos. The sacraments are not to be understood as successive individual incursions of God into a secular world, but sacraments are outbursts, if we can express it this way, of the innermost ever-present gracious endowment of the world with God, God's self, into history. So we gather around this particular font and experience this water. And we gather around this table and eat this food. And we gather upstairs at potluck and share a meal together. And we move our bodies knowing that all of these incidences are holy every time we encounter them in the world. And the focused sacramental holiness that we experience in worship then changes the way that we approach food and water and bodies throughout the rest of the week. Some of you have heard me share this before, but I'm going to tell it again because you might not have been paying attention, and it was very powerful to my own life. But when I was in seminary, we gathered at an outreach center for homeless people in downtown Atlanta. And I was a chaplain, which meant that I had the privilege of saying, no, we can't help you today, no, we can't help you today, and occasionally getting my hand licked by random people. Don't ask. (laughs) But we also would share in Bible studies and worship services and communion. And one day after communion, a man came up to me and asked if he could have all of the leftover bread. And I said, well, yes, of course, Uh, you can have the leftover bread, but it's consecrated bread, it's holy bread. We've set this bread aside and said, this is specifically holy bread. So therefore... You cannot throw the bread away. Normally, we scatter the bread for the birds, for example, but we would never put it in the trash. And this man looked at me with horror in his eyes and said, Why would I ever throw bread away? The sacrament of communion, just as the sacrament of baptism, they remind us of what has already been made and declared holy by God. And the reverence and respect with which we treat this holy water and these holy elements are the way that we need to treat all of God's creation all the time. When we're throwing away food and others are going hungry, we are not remembering Christ in the sacrament of communion. When we are drinking our own purified water and baptizing in our own purified water and forgetting that it's connected to the rest of the earth and that there are people in drought, and there are people in this community who have led in their school water fountains, then we are not remembering what Christ has done for us through baptism. And when we look at one another, or look in the mirror, and we say to ourselves, ugh, This is not the weight, the size, the look, the race, the color, the sexual orientation, the gender, the body. This is not what I want. And that's not worth being proud of. When we look and we cut our skin, when we abuse ourselves in any way, or when we abuse other human bodies or make them feel less than or not good enough, we are disrespecting and misremembering the God who came as Jesus Christ, human body, eating and drinking and baptizing and loving. Who says all human bodies are special. All people are valued. And all of us can see that in the special holiness of this one man, Jesus Christ. For this we say thanks be to God. Amen.